Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Hey, if you want to know who are the best high school basketball coaches and leaders in our country are, you need to stay tuned and listen to the Championship Vision Podcast. We have some of the most renowned and best high school basketball coaches and PE teachers from around the country. Coaches you might not have heard of, but have amazing ideas. And I firmly believe every coach in America has genius within them. It's not all about the state championships. It's about the impact you have on your kids and your community. So stay tuned to the Championship Vision Podcast. Welcome back. This is Coach Kevin Furtado of the Championship Vision Podcast. I'd like to welcome you to episode 231. Today we have Coach Special Jennings. She's a head girls basketball coach at Montford Academy in Montford, Florida. Since her last professional minutes in May 2013, Jenny has been honing her craft as a leader and teacher of the game. Jenny's latest position was associate head coach at the University of Illinois at Chicago, spending two years there from 2018 to 19, 2019 to 20. While the program was in a rebuilding stage during that time, they are poised for a successful season after the retooling of Special and her colleagues in the recent past. Jeannie is no stranger to Florida basketball. She spent the 2017-18 season as an assistant coach at Flagler College in San Augustine, Florida. She helped turn around the team's play during that time earning a 16-6 record in the Peach Belt Conference in her final season. Even though it was only a brief spell at Flagler, Jennings left her mark in mentoring the 2018 Peach Belt Conference Defensive Player of the Year, Tabitha Odabi. Before arriving at Flagler, Jennings honed her craft as an assistant coach at Augusta University for three seasons. From 2014-17, she played a critical role in scouting, player development, planning, and conducting practices and overall player development on and off the court. The Jaguars made it to the NCAA Division II Sweet 16 in March 2016 and amassed 46 overall wins during Jennings' tenure. Prior to her time at Augusta, Jennings got her start as an administrative assistant for the women's basketball program at Wright State for the 2013-14 season. She assisted in many aspects of the program, most notably serving to ensure players maintain academic excellence. Wright State earned their first Horizon League championship and first NCAA tournament appearance with her on the bench in 2014. 
Jennings stood out as a player starting 115 consecutive games at Xavier University. She is currently tied for fourth in all-time assists for the Musketeers with 515. She also still holds the fifth-place spot in Xavier's all-time free-throw percentage at 773. Jennings led the Musketeers to an NCAA Elite Eight appearance in 2010, four Atlantic 10 Conference tournament titles, and three other NCAA tournament appearances. Jennings then went on to spend 2011-2013 as a professional player in Finland. Coaches, uh, Coach Jennings, as in her first year, uh, has amassed a 19-1 record and is currently number one in the Max Press national rankings. Uh, I think you're going to really enjoy her experiences, her journey to get to this point from an assistant to a head coach, and she's going to share with you some great ideas on how you can build your program and what she's doing right now to build Montverde into a top-notch national-ranked program. So, coaches, let's welcome Coach Special Jennings. Coaches, welcome to the uh, Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. We're, uh, we got a great guest today, all right? And um, we, uh, I was going to say a special guest, but I'm sure you've heard that so many times, Coach. So um, this is episode 231. I can't believe I've done 231 podcasts. Um, but this is a really special podcast, folks. We got Coach Special Jennings, head girls coach, from Montverde Academy, a really well-known, great school. She is building an unbelievable national program. Hey, I want to pick her brain on how she has done it. What is she doing now to really get her program uh, going? I mean, she's number one currently, Max Preps number one, okay, in the country. Uh, hey, maybe we can relate to you, Coach Jennings, because we're ranked number one in Max Preps in single A in Georgia. So... <laughs> Hey, 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 there you go. <laughs> oh, man. So, Coach Jennings, welcome to the podcast. And, uh, hey, just tell us a little bit about your background in Cleveland, where you grew up, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, thank you, Kevin, so much for having me. Uh, like I said earlier, I'm excited excited to be here, to be a part. Um, I'm, 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 like you said, originally from Cleveland, Cleveland everything. Um, grew up right on the east side of Cleveland, uh, 116th, Melba, um, Buckeye Kinsman area. Right across the street from me was was infamous for known Wood Hill Park. It's like the I don't know, like the greatest park to me in the city. Mm -hmm. um, Zelma George Rec, another place where I grew up playing, and, and that's really where I established myself as an athlete. Um, went to um, went to East Tech. I high school went to East Tech for three years, and I ended up graduating from a school called Lutheran East, a uh, private school, out on uh, Mayfield Road. And then you know after that. Right when I left there, I, I my four years at Xavier, and, and it just it just it, it went so fast. Yeah, you've had um, you really paid your dues. You had a lot of college coaching experience, and now you're running. To me, I I've heard so much about Monverde, uh, and I know Coach Young's going to have a couple questions for you too about that. What a great national program! How did you get connected to Montverde? Because what a great program. Um, the, the opportunity. So I, I knew the previous coach, um, that was there. Um, I knew of her through, through the basketball industry. Um, Laura Harper, she was, you know, she was at Florida. She, you know, she played, we were not the same age. I think she's a little older, but 
um, just in the same kind of know some of the same people. And so I, I knew that she was up for the opportunity at Coppin State, um, where she is currently actually the head coach at. And that was just a great situation for her. She played at, at Maryland. She's from that area. Um, so, you know, what, what better way than to just go home and be a, a head coach in your home, your hometown, near, near your family, near your fans and things like that. So it was just great for her. Um, once I heard of it, I just I, I knew the resources that, that my bird presented and, and, and how they are when it comes to the academics and then the sports. And, and there's so many phenomenal sports teams um, at my bird. It just was a for me, it was like a no brainer. You know, it's still a college, college atmosphere. It's still, you know, we're a boarding school. Our kids live on campus. You know, so it's still same thing, itinerary, schedule. We compete nationally. So we're playing competition night in and night out. Um, obviously, with the pandemic, we didn't travel as much this season as we will in the future. But um, it's it just, it's just like, no pun intended, it's just, my bird is a special place. And it, you have the opportunity to, to, to be here. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's just phenomenal. Yes, and you're trying to get your program recognized because you're next to, Coach Kevin Boyle, who has an unbelievable program and tradition and so forth. How much does that help you? How much has Coach Boyle kind of really supported your program? Um, Kevin is a big support. You know, he's, 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 he's great. You know, he, he, does a, he does a phenomenal job. He and I have conversations and we talk. You know, he's been around the game a long time. He's, he's done it a long time at this level for a very long time. Um, so, you know, we, we definitely talk basketball. And, and it's, it's great when you have um, – when you have people, again, resources in, in the community of the school that is, that, that's pulling for you, that's on your side, that's cheering, that's rooting for you, um, that, you know, that goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely on that. And a two nationally ranked program. Now, are you currently both number one? Is that correct? I was looking at the max prep. So, I mean, that's, that's a rarity. Yeah, fortunately, you know, uh, it's, it's a fortunate situation for us. Um, you know, we're, we're, Max Prep has us a one. I think ESPN has us at like five. And then Blue Star may have us at something different. So um, a goal of mine is to definitely have us, you know, kind of one across the board. Um, household name. So when you, when you hear our name, you, you know who we are, you know, aside from the boys program. And they're, they're who they are. They've, they've done it for a long time. But, you know, we're, we're, we're our, own, our own identity. And so we, we want the recognition for the work that we do, not the, you know, not because of, of the guys. And they'll continue to be good. Right. You know, Kevin, Kevin's phenomenal. But we, we want our own identity. And that's, that's the goal here is to, for us to get at that status of, you know, the guys are winning night in and out. You know, they have some of the NBA guys on, on the building and things like that. You know, I, I want some, some young ladies up there. So. Yeah, we're going to talk about what you're doing to build your program, Coach. But before we do that, you played at Xavier. And Xavier is known for their, their really consistent winning men's program. Tell us about the Xavier program. And I'll tell you what I caught my eye is you were one of the top assist players. So I can't believe you know, an assist, top an assist. you got to be a coach, man, unselfish. I mean, you're the perfect coach, for, particularly for a point guard. Yeah, Xavier was fun. You know, you say it's good, you know, it's known for the boys' basketball, which, you know, again, to, to their credit. But um, when I was there, we were pretty known for the girls' basketball program. So. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah we, we I hear you. <laughs> created our own identity. Um, you know, just an outstanding career there, four-year um, champion, you know, four-year tournament, A-10, four-year NCAA participant, uh, an Elite Eight appearance, you know, so so things that – 
we, we did a lot and, you know, to leave a legacy there and to have, you know, um, records and all that type of stuff. We're the most winningest class in that history. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just things that are pride. It's, it's prideful. You know, when you, you, you've done the work and you're rewarded um, in a way of success, you know, it, it's great. And so um, I would say that, they're, you know, they're, they're, they, they just hired a new coach, Mel Moore, and I think she's going to, I think she's going to turn it back around and get it to, to that stature and, and, you know, at where we, what we had it when we were there. So um, I, I trust her as a coach and I, you know, that those young ladies she's bringing in, um, they're, they're, they're going to do well. But the boys, I mean, Travis Steele is my guy. He was on staff as Avery when I played sure. there. Um, so Dante Jackson actually was in college with me, who was right. an assistant on staff there with the men. So they just have a phenomenal, phenomenal community um, for, for both girls and boys, women and men basketball. Yeah, it seems like a great culture out there. Just, just, it just seems like Xavier, when I think of Xavier, I think of rebounding, toughness, and I guess it's, that's just part of the community and culture out there. Is, is that correct? Uh, yeah, I mean, I play with 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, you know, so uh, Tashia Phillips, Amber Harris, April Phillips, um, you talk about rebounding, they, they, they hold those records. Um, so, yeah, you know, toughness. Our thing was, was being tough. You know, we, we out-toughed a lot of people. We just – we came in, we played hard, we played smart, we played together, and we had a common goal. And, you, you know, that was to, to, to win, try to win every game. You know, obviously – that didn't have, we didn't go undefeated, but uh, we, we surely were, we sure it was close. Um, multiple seasons. Coach, talk about, I need to bring back a kind of a tough point, but you were one game away from the final four. How does that regret kind of motivate you now? I know you still remember that. How does that motivate you now when you're coaching your teams now on your close, but how do you get to that next level? As a player and a coach. Yeah, there, there is no regret there for me. Like I said, you know, my, my resume is what it is, and, and we, we've done things. Here's why there's no regret. We, we, we did something at Xavier that um, a lot of college kids will never do. You know, they will never have the opportunity to do. I know people, friends of mine that's, that play at the collegiate level and has never made it to an NCAA tournament. And so, you know, I would say it just wasn't, it just wasn't meant to be. It wasn't our time. You know, you lose a game on two, two wide-open layups, and, and, you know, that's the, like, you know, some people will re relate that to the easiest shot in basketball. It's the first thing you learn. Um, and so, you know, it just, it just wasn't our time. But um, I would definitely never say that, that um, there, there no regrets. Um, I think that that game and, and the way that we responded um, after that, you know, that, that kind of molded us as well. And like you said, not just, you know, for me as a coach, I mean, for, as a player, it molded me as a coach. You know, and I understand I tell these young ladies, don't take it for granted. You know, when we're doing layups, take it serious. You know, I lost that one of the biggest stages of, of my career of layups. And when, when they don't take it serious, you know, that pulls something out of you. And they, they, you know, when they don't understand, man, it's just a layup. I can, you know, layup lines. I don't have to go as hard as, as no, because what you do in practice is, 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 is a direct reflection of what you would do in the game. Right. And it's getting them to, to understand that. Yeah, I think your great coaches have that knack. And I, we can definitely relate to that because – um, at the high school level, girls miss tons of layups on that. I mean, you got to stay on your team about that, right? Just kind of help us high school coaches out. What little things that you do? I know you, it, it's hard to be a successful coach because you constant reminders. Isn't that true? You got to constantly stay on your girls. Uh, but you also need to love and comfort and all that too. But, man, I know you're probably tough on your players. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just the high school level. I mean, I coached at the college level for six years and. They missed a lot of layups, so it's 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 like it's 
it's net it's no matter what level it is if you if you're not concentrating anybody can miss there was a there was a thing i watched the other day the kid at duke he he threw the ball so hard off the backboard i didn't know if he was trying to throw an alley-oop or what was going on but he just <laughs> poked the layup and no, there was no one in the vicinity of him so um but at the at the lower lower level i think coaches need i think more coaches are spending so much time on things that they see in the pros and things like that like you have to meet these kids where they are. Right. And right now, at this level, they're not pros. They're high school kids or even at the collegiate level, right? They're not pros just yet. They're at that level. Meet them there and then help them, you know, get the things that they need and kind of to push themselves to that next level. Um, so at this level, I, you don't see me teaching super Euro step and, and, and super step back and all that. Why? Right. You see, that, that's not, they're not at that level. Here's what I teach. Jump stop. Mm-hmm. Pro hop, right. pivot, reverse pivot, front pivot, step through, cross step. You know that that's what I'm teaching, and so I think as 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 coaches at this level, stop trying to to be pro coaches. You can't coach a kid as if you're coaching a pro. It's not the same. The mentality they they haven't even developed. The mentality isn't developed yet, and so you know that that's what I would say. Coach, talk about the, your person, your players that you have right now at Montverde. I, we know you got really good players, but talk about just talk about them a little bit on, on where they come from, um, what the training they're getting, and so forth, and uh, just kind of give us a little brief bio of the kids in your program. I want to know. Um, I, I have a what I would call a well balanced um, team. You know, I, I I have some some phenomenal phenomenal pieces. Uh, we have a we have a, a four player that's signed, committed to to Florida State. Um, Mariana Venezuela, and and she's from Mexico, and she and she's, you know, she she's she's great. You know, she can hit the three, she can play in the mid range, put the ball on the floor, combo moves around the basket, ex, you know, really good passer. Um, so you know, her development at that next level would be her. You know, now the game is a little faster, so being able to think quicker and make better decisions in traffic. Um, but she she's she's great. You know, I have um, Fatima Jayate, six um, five kid, post player. Um, she, she's from Canada, um, lives in, in, in Florida. So she's, she's another good kid, you know, presence around the basket, big presence, you know, just trying to pull that, that, that toughness out. She's a nice kid. And, you know, the court is almost like, you don't have to be nice. Right. Um, you know, she, she's a Canadian kid. Um, Fernanda Ovea, um, she's from Chile, um, guard, really good. Probably one of the fastest guards I've ever coached getting the ball up and down the floor. She's 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 not crafty, but she's shifty. Um, change speeds, does a does a great job. Can finish at the rim with both hands. Um, defender in those passing lanes. She's very quick, very heady, very good player. Um, that's Chile. Valentina Ojega, also from Chile. Um, she's a three four kid, stocky, college body. Can finish around around fifteen foot. Can knock down a one two step three. Um, uh, Maria Maria Mackelbus is from Norway. Um, stretch four, shoot the cover off the ball, physical, going to beat you up a little bit, does all the dirty stuff, dive on the ball, rip it from you on the rebounds. You know, she, she's a glue kid, really, really, really good kid. Um, Nevaeh Henley's from Seattle, Washington. She signed to go to Furman uh, University. She's a lefty, can, can really shoot it, put the ball on the floor, does the little thing. She wear the knee pad, she'll slide across the floor if she needs to, 100 yards and, and, and get the ball. Um, really, really good on-ball defender. Um, that kid can play and have some under some other underclassmen. Um, Miracle Shepherd, um, point guard, 
fast. I mean, she 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 gets that ball up and down, crafty, ball on the string, can really handle it. Nice floater, can finish around the rim, mid-range jump shot, can knock down a one-two step three. Defensively a pest, can guard the ball 94 feet in the passing lanes, you know, just this 10th grader, just phenomenal upside. Uh, Rasna Augustinate, she is from Lithuania. Um, another, just probably the best, she is probably the best pure shooter score, just score that, that I've coached. And she's a 10th grader, just smooth, don't get sped up, don't hurry, um, just can hit the three, can hit the mid-range, get to the basket, has that European game to her. Um, trying, trying to eliminate that European travel. She has that <laughs> and that European carry, but right. um, really, really, really good. Um, then I have some really, really younger classmen. Um, Aaliyah, Aaliyah Perry, a freshman. Point guard, small, really pesty on defense. Um, really getting her accustomed to, to becoming, you know, more of that general. Trying to, you know, having the ball in your hands, understand what to do, when to do, why to do, you know, who to pass it to, those type of things. Uh, another freshman. Um, Gianna Provanzio, uh, young, just starting, just starting, really learning the game. There's that kid's upside from day one. Um, what I would say, what was the old saying? Walk, can't walk and chew gum. You know, so now she's, right. now she's running and chewing. So yeah. she just, her upside is phenomenal. Um, I have another junior, actually. I'm sorry. Gracie, Gracie Hall, um, more of a standstill shooter. Um, you, you break your man down, hit her, you know, she can knock down a shot. Um, so, you know, she, she can, you know, I, I would love to, you know, in the future next year, things will work on the summer, get her ball handled a little stronger, get her a little stronger defensively. Um, and I think she'll be okay. And then uh, Javier Vegra, she's a, another uh, freshman from Chile. Um, Chile, yeah. Yeah, so I have three kids from Chile. I have one yeah. from Lithuania, one from Mexico, one from Norway. And so we're, we're – we're, and then I have a kid from, um, from Canada. So we're, we're diverse, you know, very, very diverse, well-rounded. So that's, 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 that's my ladies. I love, I appreciate it. I love the insight into your roster. Um, I love your roster. Hey coach, we need to go more international with our roster. I'm telling you, man. Hey, are, are the international kids, are they better trained than kids from America? Give me an honest answer there. I mean, I, is, I heard that the, you know, there's more training on fundamentals, things like that. Is that true? Or is that a rumor? Um, I don't I would say their work ethic is through the roof mm -hmm. when I'm out. I would say that the, the difference I think that some of my kids have is their work ethic is like my kid from Lithuania, her work ethic is like no kid I've ever seen. She, she eats right. She, she only eats lettuce and like, she, like her, her the, right. just, just her training and everything is just so different. She's cultured and everything like that in that aspect. So I would just say the work ethic is through the roof. Now, as far as the skill, um, I don't know that, you know, that's a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely on that. And I, I just recall, and uh, Coach Young, I don't know if you remember, we played again. So we coach against a kid that's at Clemson now that played for here in Georgia at a private school here uh, from Poland. And she was unbelievable. But she has, I mean, she's played so much basketball than everybody else here in America. She's played so much. I can see the difference, fundamentals and everything. Um, hey, there's a lot of great players internationally, right, Coach? I mean, they're 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 great players everywhere, and it seems like your roster is full. Yeah, they're everywhere. You know, like I, like I tell people, man, you you as as a as a coach at the collegiate level, obviously, there you, you always got to look under the rock and find the ones that no one's looking at, and because every you know, I, obviously, all the top ones, everybody's chasing that one. 
there's always some diamond in the roughs. And so, you know, you, you find your connections and they're everywhere, not just America, like they're all over. Coach, t talk about going from an assistant to a head coach. My uh, Coach Young uh, played for me at Georgia Military College and uh, she was a great heart. I knew from the beginning that she was going to be a coach. She didn't. But I really, I, and finally she said, hey, coach, I'm in. I'm going to do it. What do you recommend to young coaches? And talk about yourself, how you were groomed to be a head coach. Talk about the young assistants who are listening to this podcast. How can I be a head coach? Yeah, you can start off by being resourceful. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's like the biggest thing. Your advantage is, is that you, to be resourceful. And when I, when I say resourceful, meaning be solution-based. Don't, don't come with problems. Be solution-based. Head coaches have enough problems. Head coaches hire people that make their job easier and not harder. So if you come with solutions, you're making a head coach's job easier and then resourceful. If you don't know something, don't go to your head coach and say you don't know it. Figure it out. Find it out. If you don't know it, go call somebody else. Your head coach should be like your last resort. They should, they should be the last person because they're, 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 handling, they're handling so much other stuff. A head coach wears so many different hats that, you know, your grooming is gonna come from you, your willingness to get out and learn. And your willingness to get out and learn doesn't mean that you sit back and, and you wait on someone to come teach you. No, you have to go, go get it. You gotta go figure it out. For as much as we're able to get on phones and the internet, the internet is powerful. There's so many tools on, you have YouTube, you have, you know, when I was younger, you know, I think the thing that really helped me um, when I was when I was coming up with coaching is that I would I would go on YouTube and I would go back in time like I would go to 2000 and go watch the NCAA championships and I would just go watch the, the, the ATOs and see what happened I would go to the close games in those big moments and see what those coaches did when you know the I watched the last three minutes of the game watch when the coach called the timeout understand why they called the timeout look at the play you know things that me sitting here talking to you, I'm not going to teach you that. Like, that's not something you can't be – I can tell you, yeah, you should have called it here, you should have called, but why? You got to understand that. And that, that's just, that's just a, that's growth. Watching, you know, different offenses, learning. You know, I think for me, when I, Stanford, they ran chin. You know, mm -hmm. I never ran chin in school. But I had to get familiarized with it because there were a ton of other, other schools that run chin. And when you're scouting, you can't just be in there with your paper. Like, no, you got to kind of understand – what they're looking for, what, who they're looking for in the action, you know, when do they set the action up, those type of things. So just being resourceful. Don't ever come with excuses. Don't come with I don't knows. Come with, like, come with it already ready. You never know when, when your moment is going to come. You never know when your time is going to come. Your coach can get sick. Your other coach can be on the trail recruiting. And the coach can tell you, yo, you got to run this today. And what are you going to say? I'm not prepared. No. Go figure out some drills. Player development stuff. Go watch. Drew Halen and all those guys who do player development. You can watch that stuff. Have drills in your back pocket so that if a coach ever does call on you, hey, coach, I'm ready. You got a kid that come in, you're recruiting a kid, they got to go through a tryout. The head coach want to watch the tryout. They tell you to put them through the workout. Hey, I'm ready. You're already ready. So you be ready so you don't have to get ready. And, 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 and you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. So that when your opportunity come, you don't miss your opportunity because you're not prepared. I prepared, yeah. Yeah. Coach Young, anything you want to add to uh, Coach Jennings? Well said, Coach. I love that. Thank you for coaching up my, my assistant, uh, and I love that. And she's got a lot of great qualities. I, I, I threw a lot of things at her. 
She always steps up. She's, she's ready. Coach, anything you want to add with Coach Jennings? Uh, no, I really appreciate the, the honesty on that. Um, sometimes all it takes is for, for someone to, to really nip you in the bud, and I, I really appreciate that. Um, but I, I did have some, some other questions that I did want to ask um, Coach Ritardo, if that's okay, really that's quick. Fine, that's fine. Um, you actually took my first one, was what advice would you give to someone who aspires to be a head coach? Um, but my next one would be how do you utilize the experience that you had being a former collegiate coach um, to help assist your players now that want to play college basketball? Oh, that's, that's an easy one for me. I'm fortunate. Um, our school is ran like a college because we're a boarding school, so they live on campus. And so the structure is, is the same. And so I, I run my program as if I was still at the collegiate level. You know, it's very detailed. It's organized. They still do study hall. They still, we lift weights. You know, we have a strength and conditioning coach who handles that. I don't, I don't handle strength and conditioning. We have our own strength and conditioning coach. You know, so they have weightlifting two to three times a week, um, especially in the off season. More so in during season, about one to two times, but um, they have that. Um, academics, you know, study hall. We'll have, you know, we have study hall. And so, you know, dinner, a certain time, things like that. And so, so it's, it's, it's fortunate for me. Man, it's such a pleasure to be on Championship Vision Podcast, one of the premier podcasts for top high school coaches and rising coaches in the game of basketball. My name is Michael Williams, and I'm the founder of the Williams Advancement Agency. WAA is a full-service agency here to assist all coaches at every level to be successful in the position they are now and obtain the future coaching position they're looking for. That I'm able to run it that way, and where they're almost getting it firsthand. They're getting, like, the taste of it before they actually go off to college. Yeah, you're getting them ready for the next step. Absolutely on that. I know you guys do a great job. Coach Carla Morrow said this about you, Coach. Um, and she always uh, and I and I and I through my research, I found out that she knew you were going to be a coach because you were calling plays. I guess <laughs> really early on in your life, just like I saw with Coach Young. What do you look for? Talk about that. But what do you, do you have any players that you have coached and said, "Man, I, I know that she's going to be a coach." Yeah, I think I think my kid from Lithuania will probably be a coach. <laughs> and also, I think my point guard, Miracle Shepherd, may be a, 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 a coach as well. So, Rusna and, and, and MJ, I, I can see that in them. Um, so, you know, Carla, man, I, I love Carla to death. She's one of, one of those ones that I go to, a big mentor. She was, uh, what I would say, one of the reasons that I was so successful um, at Xavier. Um, she was that person that I went to. She gave me that honest feedback, that honest conversations. Um, it wasn't always pretty. I didn't always like her. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, loved everything that, you know, she helped mold me and shape me. And so, yeah, you know, on, on the floor, you know, I didn't, Kevin didn't have to call the plays. I called the plays. And so I feel like, you know, sometimes as, as the general, you know, he, he's the leader. You know, I was the general on the floor because at the end of the day, coaches can only do so much. You can scream and yell from the sidelines, but at the end of the day, we're the ones playing. And so that's why I tell my players, I tell my players all the time, I'm never going to win you a game. You know, so come, some coaches say, oh, you know, I'm a winner. I'm never going to win you a game. I can only do so much. I, I am never going to take the credit on winning games because at the end of the day, I sit on the sideline. I can draw it. I can say it till I'm blue in the face. But if they don't execute it, then we don't win the game. They put the ball in the basket. They make the passes. They get the steals. They get the rebound. They defend. So I will never win us a game, you know, and, and, and that's my mentality. 
And so they understand that. And when you put it to them like that, now they understand that the accountability on y'all has just skyrocketed because now you're, you're accountable for wins and losses. Coach just told you she don't win games, which also means that I don't lose them. So you're accountable, you know? So just, just molding them, molding them. You know, I think that by this time next year, MJ, uh, you just, all the guards will, will have a better understanding. You know, you kind of see it now where the gym is loud and things like that. Not, you know, I tell them, Hey, I can't always call the plays. You got to look at the defense. If they're in a man or player to player, I say player to player because we're women, we, we're not men. So if they're in player to player, assess the situation. If you see something, you're on the floor. And that, that, that was another thing that Kevin allowed. I'm on the floor. Like I have the best feel for the game because I'm in it. I'm in the action. You know, on the sideline, you can, you can say what you see and everything, but I'm in, I feel it. I'm in the action. So I, you're on the floor. If, if, if you feel something, do it. Do it. And I tell them, if MJ, if she's already called something, run what she's calling. You know, we had the thing where, Coach, you called. I don't care what I call. If she's already called something, run what she called. That eliminates confusion, and that also puts some responsibility on her and makes her feel like, you know, man, I feel good about this. Now, obviously, I'm not going to let the game get out of control, and, and <laughs> she called the wrong stuff and everything yeah. like that. <laughs> you know, give her leeway to where she feels comfortable. That way when she's in college, you know, or, or any of my guards are in college, you know, these coaches can say, man, these kids come with an IQ. I don't have to, I have to spoon feed them everything. You know, you see these coaches screaming from the sideline, slow it down, screaming, trying to call a set, and it's like, let them play. We, we run. We run when we can, run a set when we have to. If you can push the ball and score, score. I'm not calling nothing. Right. So, you know, but again, all coaches are different to each his own. I love that teaching kids how to play, giving kids ownership. And what we believe in coaches, we, we have an open style where, I mean, we're probably, I mean, we average 70 close to 80 points. Uh, again, we play a lot, but we allow our kids to play with freedom, make mistakes. I, I love when my players are playing hard and making mistakes. That's an important part of coaching, right? I mean, you can't criticize every single mistake. Yeah, you can't. And fortunately, I, and I wish, Man, if we would have interviewed before, I would have been like, hey, we play with ESPN. You guys check us out. But <laughs> I'm very mild demeanor. Like, I don't – I don't. You, you're never going to see me screaming and hollering. You know, if you watch me play, like, or watch me coach, like, I'm on the sideline. Because at the end of the day, my time to teach was in practice. Mm -hmm. And if you ain't got it by now, you ain't going to – it's not going to magically appear by game time. And so you'll never see me, oh, for what? For what? It, it, if we did it in practice, they should be able to execute in the game. Now, obviously, there are going to be some adjustments and things like that where you got to say something and all those things, but um, I'm not going to be hooping and hollering and all that. The time for that is practice. And, I, you know, a lot of coaches think for whatever reason, kids are going to get 10 times better by game time than what they were in practice. You're not. Right. You're not. A direct reflection of how you practice. Coach, talk about the tone of voice. I know you're great coaches. I mean, I can go very low, but when I make my point, it's very firm. I think your great coaches have a great tone about them. I don't know if that makes sense, but I mean, they know when you're serious without really yelling at them, but with a firm voice. I mean, I, I just really believe in that. What do you think? I think my, I think my kids know by me looking, I can look at them and they know. <laughs> exactly. I really love <laughs> sometimes. Like I can blow the whistle or even there, there's been a time this year where I've called a timeout and I didn't say a word. Mm -hmm. I didn't say one word. I, 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 I I BS you not. Like, I didn't say one word. And you know what? Guess what? One of my players ended up stepping up and saying something. 
Love it, yeah. They know. I, I don't have to scream and holler at you for you to know that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. The results. The results is they just went on a run. We, we're not in positions. We're not doing the things. Our rotations is off. We're not executing on either end of the floor. I had to say nothing. Time out. I'm, I'm going to let y'all come in, reel it back in, and y'all talk to each other. Y'all see what I see. The people sitting on the bench, you got the best seat in the house. You know, when you're not in the game, you have the best seat in, in the gym. You can tell your teammates what they're doing wrong. You've been in practice. You know what it should look like. Yeah, team-led. Team-led. You know, not coach-led, team-led. They, they know how it's supposed to look. That's right. I know Coach Young, I, we're, uh, we're working on that, battling that every day. Hey, get, help us out a little bit. We have a kid who's a really good athlete, but, man, she is so hard on herself. She's, I mean, she's really a potential college player. I mean, we, we're, we're working on body language. Like today in practice, bad body language. But she plays so hard. She's tough on herself. How do you, how do you work with a, a player like that to kind of keep them moving forward? <laughs> You know what? <laughs> you should ask Carl tomorrow this. Sitter. You know, that's what Kevin and them did to me. You know, a lot of people don't know. They see the – I started 115 consecutive games. I didn't start my first seven games at Xavier. You know, I, I didn't. Was I a better player? Obviously, I, I believe so, yes. I should have been starting. But I was so hard on myself. And sometimes as a player, we think that being hard on ourselves does not come off as being uncoachable, and it does. You know, because I was so hard on myself, like you said, body language. Body language is an attitude. A lot of people think attitude is rolling the eyes. No, your body, bad body language is an attitude. And it, you, you can't coach that. And so, you know, she may have to realize that, sweetheart, you know, it, you're not verbally getting it. So let's see if you can physically understand it. <laughs> have a seat. Have a and, seat. And then you can watch it. And then, you That's know, right. something that the light, the light should go off. Like the light went off for me. Because at first, of course, I was pointing a finger like, no, I didn't sign up for this. You're going to bring me here. I'm going to play behind for somebody that I know that I'm better than, blah, 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 blah. I had that whole mentality. Until finally I was like, you know what? What is the lesson? What is, what is Kevin trying to what – is, what is he trying to accomplish here? What is he trying to get me to understand? What is he trying to get me to see? And once I was able to remove my wall of I know it all, I got it all, I'm doing it all, you know, my accolades is this and I'm that and blah, blah, blah. What am I care about that at the next level? Everybody accolades is, is best is best that best is. Once I removed that wall, I was able to see, like, you're uncoachable. Like, you're very uncoachable. Good player. Uncoachable. And guess what? There's a lot of good players on this team. So we don't need to. Like, we don't have to play you. Want to play you, but don't have to. And guess what? We can still win games without you. And when you see that you're winning and you're not playing, it's almost like, oh, man. They don't want me no more. They don't need me. You know, players – you know, as a player, your whole thing is like the sense of somebody needing you, somebody, you know, and I'm sitting there like, yo, this is crazy. Like, they, they don't need me. They just won without me. That, that'll, 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 yeah. so that may be, you know, I'm not telling you that's how you, you know, that, that may get through to your kid, but that, that's, you know, that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah, we're, def we're definitely looking at that and so forth. Um, it's just, it, she's, a, she's, she's a project right now. Uh, we really believe in her um, because what's funny is that, you know, there's times she'll contact me and say, Coach, man, I, I, I apologize. She's constantly apologizing. It's like, hey, now's the time. Now's the time we got to send a strong message. Um, and I, yeah. I really appreciate that. Even, yeah, even with apologies, though, mistake is once or twice. Yeah. You know, a decision, a decision is, is, is multiple times. So it's, it's one thing to apologize for seeing something that you did. 
but to continuously do it, that's not, that's no longer a mistake. That's a decision. That's a choice. You're right. choosing this. And so you, you, you need to get them, you know, her to understand that. Like you're making a decision to be upset. You're making a decision to have bad body language or put your energy at this right here. When I'm telling you, we love you, we need you, we, all this, these things, but you are making the decision, you know, that's a choice. So this is where, you know, you, now you lay the hammer because I she's agree. not making mistakes. She's making choices. I love it. I love it. Great advice, coach. Hey, I'm not afraid to take advice. I got to tell you that much. Um, so I, I really appreciate that. I, I got to give you a consulting fee for that. I really appreciate that. Hey, coach, talk about, talk about your, uh, your system. I, I want to know about your system at Montbird. I think a lot of people think, like, like even with us this year, I can just throw out a bunch of players and, and you know, we're, we just went on talent. No, no. Everybody has a disciplined system that they run. Talk about the Montbird system on what you guys do. I would say our, our, our system would be probably year to year. I'm not a, I'm not a systematic coach, so I don't have a, a set structured set system. Like I, I've, I've been, you know, fortunate enough to work with several different coaches and see several, you know, different things and, and all types of different systems. And so I, 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 I'm more of a, I cater to personnel. I'm a personnel person. Mm -hmm. So how, whatever's going to put my players in the best position for us to win games and the best position for them to be successful, then that's what we're going to run. So this year we have, enough talent where we have kids that can pick and pop. And I told you, I got a couple four players that can hit the three mm -hmm. post presence inside. So we run international ball screen. I, you know, my point, my guards can you got a couple crafty guards that can score it off screens and things like that. So we run international ball, ball screen in the horns action. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of Iverson screens, um, a lot of high, low stuff, a lot of, a lot of ISO stuff, different things um, to, to, to cater to, to specific personnel. Yeah, I love that. And defensively, I'm sure. I mean, are you a pressing program? Do you at your the teams that you face at the national level? Let's say you go to the Geico, which I'm assuming you guys are still trying to go to the national tournament. Do you, can you press at that level, or is it more half court grind out, man to man zone? Um, we, you know what, we have so many defensive packages. I I played at Xavier with in Mike Neighbors, super defensive yeah. guy, brilliant, brilliant mind. He was my coach four years there, and so. You know, we, we have so many defensive packages, and just fortunately, um, we haven't really had to utilize that stuff. You know, we'll play some zone when we, when we get ahead and things like that, but we've been fortunate to be disciplined in our player-to-player -player and be able to, to get up points and things like that to where, you know, we haven't really had to, you know, switch defenses as, as much. Um, I've pressed twice this year, this season. You know, we haven't really had to press teams, you know, so um, – fortunate we, we've been fortunate that you know we have kids that can that can get out and, and guard in a half court setting you know if we need to we can we can get out and, and, and guard in a full court setting we have different zone packages um so just, just fortunate but our player to player um you know at Geico I'm a ride and die with our player to player absolutely on that it's all about matchups and kids being uh I mean I know that you know right now we're trying to get we're a pressing team coach um, and we, as soon as you come out of the locker room, we're pressing teams, all right, at our level. Um, but, um, you know, our man-to-man, -man, we, we're so good at pressing, but sometimes our half-court defense is not as sharp on that. It, you see that as a major issue in a lot of high school programs? Yeah, definitely. See, that's why teams, it's been hard for teams to, to, 
to beat us that played at well. It's just been hard for teams to beat us in general. I mean, we've, we've lost once, but um, teams that press us, you know, we do a really good job in press break and things like that. But when they press and then they get back into half court, it's almost like they're at a disadvantage because they don't they don't rotate well. They they know the rotations from a from a pressing standpoint, but not from a principal defensive stand, half court defense standpoint. So if we go into a ball screen action. You don't really see high school coaches covering ball screens, different coverages. So like us, we hedge, we ice, we switch, we trap. We we do we have so many different coverages of ball screens, and it just depends on how you're playing as defensively. That's either I'm a ball screen you to death, I'm a iso you to death, I'm a high low you to death. There's some, there's going to be something. There's there's something there, and so that, that you know. You got to pick and choose what you want to be the master of. You want to be the master of a full court? What happens when you meet a team that's going to break your breast? That's true. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You play half court a whole game. You, you can't press a whole game and be successful. Not, not a lot of teams. There are some teams that can press a whole game and be successful. I have not seen it at this level. But pressing a whole game is, is, is you get in foul trouble. You, there's a lot of things that can happen. What happens when you meet a team that's poised, that, that has people that can beat the press? Right, then what? absolutely. And then we go to our matchup zone. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, it's one of those <laughs> got to make adjustments. I mean, that's, that's so key on that. Um, but, and I'll, I guess it all depends on who you're playing. The personnel that we face, we might face maybe one, maybe two good ball handlers. That's why I do it at this level. If I was at a different level, yeah. it'd be a lot different. You have your level, man, you got, you got to be good half court. That's different. If you, if you don't have ball handlers, that's a problem at this level. At this level, you may have one person, two max that can handle the ball. Right. So, you know, my thinking here, we do a ton of just ball handling, ball handling, ball handling, passing, passing, passing. Um, you know, our, our fours can handle the ball. Right. You know, our one through four can, can take care of the basketball. At any point, you can get a rebound and just go. Don't have to outlet it where teams are, you know, you, get, you play teams where if you only have one guard, well, I'm just gonna flag that cutter. I'm I'm flagging them the ball. I'm not I'm not letting your guard catch it. Now you're in just a, a bad situation where you can't get the ball up the floor. So it's smart. It's very smart. You know if that if that's the personnel of the of the, of the program you're playing. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 tomorrow night we play a, a team that shoots nothing but threes. I mean we're gonna be we're gonna be half court good half court man, really smothering them, forcing them to put the ball on the ground, take away that they're not a good driving team. But they love the three, man. We're really, I mean, that's, it's going to be a fun challenge for us to take away this team. But hey, enough of that, enough of us. Coach, talk about what you did at practice today. What are you doing now to get your team to that next level? Oh, practice is so, so this week, actually, um, Saturday, after our game Saturday, we've been going six days a week pretty much because we played Monday, Wednesday, Friday type deal. So um, we actually took this week off. Um, we, 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 we went on today, just skill, two hours of skill today. Mm -hmm. um, we'll do the same thing tomorrow, different skill. And then next week we'll, we'll, we'll go back into practicing because we're going to play um, on the 19th. Um, so, you know, opportunities where I have a chance to, to break it down from, from, from team, team, team drills and team stuff to more individualized skill stuff. Um, you know, I, I try to go ahead and hammer that. But we're definitely still working on, you know, Teams that have seen us, you know, any good coach is going to scout. So we may put in some different sets. We may put in some different packages, different things, just to get us going for the, for the next ride. Um, but definitely, definitely still, still, getting, still getting them in the gym. 
And coaches this time of year, I believe that coaches this time of year should really put a lot of emphasis on skill development, shooting this time of year, less on contact. What's your philosophy late in the year? Yeah, so for us, it's just fundamentals. We can we still hammer in the fundamentals. You know, it, it may be, it's not as much as, as, you know, five on five competitive things like that. It's because I mean, at this point, kids are dinged up, you're banged up. You got, you know, some kids play extended minutes, that type of stuff. So it's more so of the fundamental stuff. Like we, we still, you know, we still doing pro hop, finishing, you know, mm -hmm. my head coach hit him with the pad a little bit, finishing through contact, all that stuff, just to, just to keep us up on that. Shooting, footwork, I'm a, I'm a huge footwork person. Um, I'm all about the footwork. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of shooting, a lot, of, a lot of breakdown stuff, post pairs, a lot of stuff around the basket, finishing. Um, just, just, yeah, a lot of skill stuff. Less, less contact, less five on five, four on four, less of that stuff. More like the individual, individualized skill. Absolutely, I love that, Coach. You you have a lot of relationships with college coaches on that. So I know if I was a college coach, I'd be I'd be calling you all the time. <laughs> all right, but hey, talk about how do you how do you build that relationship with all these college coaches who are really just really seeking um, you know a lot of your players and so forth. How do you build that relationship with them? I mean, like on a recruiting trail, you know, you meet a ton of people and, and, you know, some people stick, some people don't, you know, you, you find that you mesh well with, with certain people, or you may have a conversation with somebody that you've never known and be like, man, this person talked to them and they, they had, you know, their, their mind was a little different than mine. Let me, hmm. let me reach out and see, get their thought on something. You know, what people fail to realize is that, you know, a lot of people think that oh, I can't ask for help. Yes, you can. You know, and there's a lot of people out there willing to help you. You just got to be, you got to be willing to, to ask for help. A lot of people pride themselves on, oh, I, I can do it by myself. I can, you ain't doing it by yourself. You know, I don't care what level you're at. This level, high school level, college pro, you're not doing it by yourself. It's so much you have to do that, that that's how things get slipped through the cracks and you miss things and, you know, like you burn yourself out. So ask for help. You know, I've, I've met people that just, we, we, we may email, and, hey man, you, you know, I, I watched y'all play last night. You ran this play. I'm not sure what it was, but you, you, you think you can share that with me? No problem. Is there anything you need from me? Yeah, y'all actually do this. You mind sharing that? No problem. I didn't invent the wheel. I steal from everybody. Sure. I steal play, and then I just tweak it a little bit and make it work for my program. So, you know, coaches that think they invented the wheel, like, ah, this is my, bit, my bread and butter. Somebody going to figure it out anyway. Yeah, I totally agree. How do you know – if somebody, it, it, a college coach does not have really the right character or right integrity that you really believe in, are there, there have been instances where, hey, I, I don't want my kids playing for this particular coach. And, and just the opposite, what do you really look for in a college coach that you want your players playing for? I think coaches that only care about that, the basketball component. Um, you know, I, I'm teaching my kids now that, First of all, go, go to a program where you have a relationship with the head coach. And I say that because assistant coaches leave all the time. Mm -hmm. you, I'm just telling you. Assistants leave all the time. So if you're, if you're going to a school for an assistant, you're going to be disappointed because there's no chance, you know, head coaches are less inclined to leave because they're more, they're, they're contracted in most of the times. Ain't nobody buying you out, paying you out and all that stuff. So you're going you're gonna to stay in your contract. But assistant coaches, there may be something different, uh, you know, a head coach opportunity or something to where they, they, they're leaving. And so I'm teaching my kids to 
first of all, fall in love with your head coach. That that's the person. That's the person you. That that's who you're gonna need to talk to. Who you're gonna go to. That's the person that's gonna make the decisions. That's the person calling the shots. I don't care if you talk to an assistant coach all day. They texting you. All, they they don't call the shots. They make no final decisions. And that's where we, you know, kids get it messed up at. That's where they get it twisted. Like, nah, I don't need to call the head coach. I'm gonna call this person. Who do you think they call? You know, they, they don't make any decisions. So that, that's the first thing. Second thing, go to a school that you're going to love, even if they didn't have a basketball team. And I say that because I'm brutally honest. I tell my kids, there's, a, you know, for the ones that want to play pro and all those things, so many people have aspirations, that that's, it's, it's a slim chance. It's a slim chance that you'll go on and play professional basketball. So in the event, like now with the COVID, you have to go to a school where if basketball is taken from you, you still enjoy going to the school because if not, you're going to be miserable. Like you're going to get there. If you're just going to school for ball and something was to happen, you're injured or whatever, whatever, you're going to be miserable. And when you're miserable academically and in school, you're not happy basketball. Like some people think like, yeah, I don't care about school. I could just go here because I love playing basketball. No, no, no. Because outside of that, you still have to perform academically. So go somewhere where you can go, if, if that school did not have this basketball program that you're invested in, and you would still pick them, go there. You know, the other thing, resources. What are their resources? I don't care about what they're telling you basketball-wise. Do they help you get, you know, are, are, do they have any connections to whatever field you want to study? Is, are they connected into that? If you want to be in medical, do your, do, your, do your coaches or do the school know somebody somewhere where you can shadow, where you can go get some hours or whatever the case is? Do they allow you to go get your, your, your hours and all that outside of basketball? You want to be a lawyer? Are they connected? You want to be a psychiatrist, a, a, a business? Is there some entrepreneurial person there that you can shadow that can talk to you? You know, what, what can they do for you outside of basketball? Because at some point, the ball will stop bouncing. And what will you do? So I, I, that's how I tell my kids to look through this recruiting process. You know, listen, less of what you hear, more of what you see. Coaches are going to tell you everything. Under the sun, blue. Don't talk to them. Talk to the players. Players are going to tell you the truth. Right. They're going to tell you either don't come here and they, they're going to be honest because if a kid is unhappy, they, they have a hard time faking the funk and selling your program if they're unhappy. Talk to them players. They're going to tell you the truth. No, I can't stand it. Yeah. I can't stand coach so-and-so, or I love her to death. I love him to death. Whatever. Talk, talk to you, talk to talk to the players. And then the fit. Make sure you fit. You know, these kids jump into, oh, I want to go to this school. I want to recruit. Sweet. I, you know, I explained to them, this is a relationship. You can't just like me. Like I gotta like you too. Like relationships don't work unless two people. Like <laughs> it's like a decision. Like you deciding to be together. That, that's what it is. Y'all are going to be together for some years. Right. You got to make sure that they really like you. You know, they, they, you, you can't be the fifth and seventh, you know, sixth, seventh option when you got somebody over here that, that's in love with you and you're option number one. But you want to go here based off of, well, coach so-and-so told me to go here. My cousin told me, that my, my daddy want me to go here. You can't do that. You got to go somewhere where they want you. Because if not, they just want you to you. And I, and I refer, like I said, relationships. Cheating as in they're going to recruit over you. That's called cheating. <laughs> that, that's what that is. Like when you go somewhere and you're supposed to be in all be all and, and they have you sitting right next to them and they bringing somebody else in on top, that's called cheating. You know, so when you get into a relationship, make sure they really, really, really like you and make sure you like them back. 
Yeah, because we've had uh, our, our program's been for five years. We started a program from scratch, and we have a kid right now going to the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. Um, matter of fact, she's right close to 2000. Hello, my name is Coach Charlie Miller, headmaster trainer with the TAC Basketball Academy in Dallas, Texas. I'm here to promote the upcoming Championship Vision podcast clinic series brought to us by Coach Kevin Furtado from Lake Oconee Academy in Greensboro, Georgia. Coach Furtado is a well-respected, sought-after coach and found other coaches like him to share their best practices and secrets to success with players, parents, and teams. The clinic will provide two types of virtual clinics, lecture-style via Zoomcast and on-court instructions with coaches and players. Again, my name is Coach Charlie Miller from Attack Basketball Academy, where we work with kids from third grade through high school in a positive and growth-oriented atmosphere that promotes a whole-body approach to well-being. Our programs are designed not only to improve your child's ability on the court, but also to teach him or her valuable skills that will serve them throughout their lives. Points, Great player, but we were trying to find – I mean, she was trying to find the right fit for her – and I think her parents and the coaches um, did a really good job of really kind of focusing on the non-basketball, like you were saying. And that, that's why she chose it. But why is the transfer portal so high, Coach? Because kids are leaving all the time. Is it because they're not – is this not a good fit on based on those things you just said? I think it's part of that. The other part, I think, is because of how they were raised. When, you, when you're raised on, you know, with like with AAU and everything like that, when you're raised on, oh, my kid is not scoring enough points here, I'm going to go to this team. Oh, my kid is not the best player on this team, I'm going to go to this team. Oh, my kid can't get what they want on this team, I'm going to go to that team. That's part of it. They never, they never learn how to, how to adapt adversity. They, they've never learned how to adapt to adversity, how to face adversity head on, not skirt around it, skate around it, try to find a better option, better scenario. When you, when you get places, and that's what I tell people, it's almost like when I say practice is a direct reflection of, of the game, like – your upbringing or how you're being, um, how you being, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Influenced mm -hmm. or, or, you know, the people that, that are influencing you or who you have in your corner. That's a direct reflection of, of, of how you will act and how you will handle certain situations. You know, like I said all the time, the portal is the portal because people listening to the wrong people. I got kids right now that's calling me like, yo, coach, I should have listened to you. Yeah, you should have. But they listen to, to people that have no credentials. It's, it's always critics with no credentials that's telling people what to do, how to do, why to do. It's, it's always that. There's critics with no credentials that's telling you how to do something that they've never done. They've never done it, and they're going to tell you how to do it. No. So, you know, that, that's just it's, – it's, it's, it's running from that adversity. Adversity, man. You, you got to hit that head on. And you got to learn at a young age that you can't always get your way. It's not going to always go the way you want it to go. Okay, well, how do you react? How, how do you how do you weather that storm and become better from that? How do you get through that? Like these kids don't even know how to. It's like kids never been in like a tough situation. It's like you ain't never, you know. I guess kids sometimes and sometimes I find myself sitting there like, damn, you ain't never been through that. And it's almost like no, because mommy, daddy, cousin, auntie, uncle has always been right there, right there, to just catch me before I'm able to just smack the ground. Yeah, it's true. You, you gotta, you gotta smack the ground. Like these kids wear knee pads and all that. You gotta get your scars. You gotta know what it really feel like to get that burn on your arm and then get in the shower. Yeah, you, you gotta get that burn. That, that, that in the shower after you scrape your leg across that wood. That, that you, you, 
know, they don't know that feeling. You know, so so it's just, man, that adversity. They got to teach these kids to fight through adversity. That, and, and I know you're around the, the total basketball environment, um, you know, at many different levels. I mean, that, that seems to be a big problem starting at a young age, Coach. It's not at the college level. We see it here in Atlanta. Man, it, there's transfers all the time in Atlanta here. I mean, kids going all over the place. What is, can we change that culture? Or is that, that's definitely parental issues. I mean, what can, what, what can you guys do at the higher levels to help parents make better decisions? I, I mean, I, I think it's bad. I think it's a little of both, honestly. You know, it's the parents and, you know, and I, again, I think it's the high school coaches. I personally think that a lot of times, and this is, you know, people are going to be angry that I say this, but I think that coaches at a younger level should be certified. Like you should be certified to teach. You, you have to be certified to teach in a school, correct? You have yeah. to be certified to be an official, correct? Like yeah. you need to be certified to coach so that people know that you know what you're talking about. A lot of times it's the coaches. The coaches, they, they don't know. Mm-hmm. They don't know. And they're teaching these kids the wrong things. Like my, my players trust me because everything I say or everything I put them through, I've been through. Mm-hmm. I, I, can, I, can t- I can assure you, I tell them, there's nothing I'm ever going to make you do that I haven't already done. So I know that you can do it. I know that you're capable. But when you have coaches that are teaching them things that are a reverse of what they're going to get at the next level or whatever the case is, it's just hard. It's hard. You th- look at it. Coaches on the sidelines screaming, going crazy at officials. Kids screaming, going crazy at officials. Kids screaming at their coaches. Like, like that, that's why it's so messed up. That's why they're going where they're going. I got to get into an argument with you. You know, I'm the coach. I got to argue with you as a parent because you're trying to tell me how to coach my team. No, 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 no. Right. No, no, no. Your kid going to come here. Your kid going to come here because they want to get better as a person and as a player. And guess what? It's going to be my way. Not your way, my way. My way. Like, your parent, a parent is never going to coach my team. Ever, but a lot of a lot of a lot of people don't they don't put that they don't they don't put that standard down they don't put their foot down from the beginning, and when you allow it to happen once, you will let it allow it to happen again. Then you get oh, to sure. oh he he treats this kid better because the parent is calling or he treats this kid better because nip that in the butt early. But it starts with I think that coaches at the younger level, especially, needs to be certified to be a college coach. You got to have a degree. I ain't saying that you got to have a coaching degree, but you got to have a degree. Right. You got to have some coaches want to give you opportunity without no experience. You got to have some experience. You got coaches that coming in that have zero experience that don't know nothing, nothing in their coaching. That's a great point, coach. I know USA basketball is trying to get certification for all the coaches, man. We need to get that going regionally, locally, I think that's huge. I don't, I don't think that's being emphasized enough. And I know you're familiar with USA Basketball. They have a great certification program. Yeah, they do. And, and again, everybody that goes through there, whether you're the, the, the bookkeeper or whatever the case is, you have to know every, all the rules, everything in regards to USA Basketball. That's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. It's no different, you know. That's, that's why the quality, the quality is so high. Right. The quality is high because you have more quality people. When you invest in that, the quality of basketball right now, 
AAU and everything is so watered down. When I was in the gym, like, I would get so mad sitting there at those games. You may see one good game out of 13 bad ones. Right. The quality is bad. Here's why. Because the quantity, there are so many teams. So many teams. Like, when I was at AAU, you had, like, it was, it was all Ohio versus Cincinnati Finest or, you know, the, like, in the state. There were maybe four really good AAU programs, and then we just went and competed with everybody in different states. Now you have 400 programs where you have one good player maybe on each team, and it makes for bad basketball. So the quality of it is terrible. When you have bad coaches, the quality of the game is going to be terrible. So, like, that USA basketball, the quality, the quality is good. That's like every level. The, the difference between the, the NBA and the G League is the quality. This is what it is. Too many games, right, Coach? Too many games, not enough skill work, not enough practices. And I know, of course, you're, you're, you're getting kids that I think it's just the opposite internationally compared to the game practice ratio. Well, they, they actually compete a lot because my international kids actually play on their national teams. Okay. That's my, my international kids play on their national team. So these kids are – like they're practicing a ton, they're year round because they go from their schooling to to national team. And that's like camp, they're in there, they're going twice a day, they're lifting, they're doing all those things. Sure. So, um, yeah, that, that, uh, it's just, the, the practice, yeah. it's just not enough practice. People, here, here's why at, at the collegiate level, I had a problem with like, I would get a call from someone and be like, hey coach, Take a look at this kid. And I would immediately, hey, no, man, I saw that kid. Kid's no good. My thing is kids, kids, kids are advised to get seen. My advice is to get good before you get seen. Because if I see you before you're good, already have, it's already in my mind that you're no good. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're playing AAU and I've seen you when you weren't good and your name popped back up on my desk, hey, no, I saw that kid. She, was be- like, she wasn't good. And I'm moving on. So I tell my kids, don't worry about being seen right now. Get good, then get seen. Because when you're good and you're seen, you have a better chance of being looked at. When you're bad and you're seen, you hurt your chances of ever getting looked at. Yeah, that's great advice, Coach. And, Coach, I want, I want to move to our, our last topic here is empowering young women to become not only coaches but business leaders and so forth. I know you're heavily involved in that mentorship of women First of all, let me ask you a controversial question. Do we have enough women in coaching? I, I'm a guy coaching young ladies, um, and that I've always done that. But uh, do, we have enough, do we have enough women in coaching now? I, I don't think so. Well, I, I, think, I think that it has gotten better. When I say – I'll say that it has gotten much better. Do I think it can even evolve even more? Absolutely, because when you think about it, I played on a staff where or all my coaches – I hadn't, I've, I've never, when I say never, I've never played for a woman, like ever. I never had a woman coach, female coach, from, from, from elementary to AAU to high school to college. I, I never had a female coach. And so it was almost like when Don Staley, you know, when I get the, when I'm playing against Temple, she was at Temple. Right. And Temple, you know, we beat Temple, and after the game, you know, my, my, I, don't, I no longer care about the game. I want to talk to her. I don't want to talk to you. Like, hey, how you doing? I have these aspirations of, of, of just not being you, but like being in that seat that you sit in. Like, I have those aspirations, and I don't think that there's enough women, you know, girls, little girls, seeing enough women as head coaches. I'm not talking about assistant coaches. I'm talking about having a seat at the table. 
that's that's the bigger picture is to sit at the table not oh well there's assistance and the the voice is the the leader the head because as i said in the beginning assistance your 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 ideas are suggestions you make no decisions the decision comes from the person that sits in that first seat the decision the person being that's called called to the meeting is first sits in that front seat so more women being brought to the table to make decisions that that yeah I, it has to be more it has to be for me to just say like i never played for a woman and i've played a lot of basketball and i've never played for a woman what's no what's the issue is that just i mean we are not i mean i i know when with coach young i literally I saw a coaching ability in her and I really tried to groom her and I really believed in that. I try to do that. I see my players right now that uh, I, our, our girl softball coach, I coached as well. That's here at the school. Why, do we do enough of that as coaches trying to groom coaches in our profession? I don't think we do. I think we get caught up in the fact that I don't want to groom this kid because what happens if they, they become better than what I am or what happens if, their journey becomes a little better than my journey or what happens if the the, the light kind of you know is dimming on me a little bit and it's shining on them you know we, we're too mixed up in that as opposed to there's enough food on the table for everybody to eat i don't understand why why everybody can't get food you, you see what i'm saying some people are selfish enough to where they'll eat their plate and they'll take the rest for leftovers and leave people hungry sitting at the table <laughs> that's a good point yeah and so there there is enough food in this industry for everybody there's enough, there is enough hands for me to stick mines out and bring somebody else and somebody to grab mine and pull all of us, you know, but we don't do that. We, we're, we're so fixed on if, 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 if I bring this person in and they, 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 they become amazing at this, what does that do? How does that help me? How does that hurt me? Or how does that help me? And it, to me, that's just selfish. I never worry about, you know, right now, if, if I can help you, I'm gonna help you. You know, if, if I can help you, I'm going to help you. And, and wherever that leads you, you know, at the end of the day, my, my satisfaction is in the fact that, hey, I, get, I, I was able to, 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 to give you the boost. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be sitting here mad or, or hating, like, oh, my God. It, you, know, you see a lot of these coaches, they, they, they gossip about the ones they should be getting. Like, they, you, they gossip about the people they should be getting information from. Like, you talking about the ones you should be getting help from, as opposed to just, just going and, and biting the bullet, put your pride aside, and learn from these people. Again, your journey is not going to look like there's going to be different, but they can possibly, they can put you in the right direction. Now, however you get over your hurdles is how you get over your hurdles, but you can walk in the same direction. But we, we don't do that. We don't, we don't bring other people to the table. We, we remove the chairs. Instead of, instead of making room for people, we, we remove the chairs and be like, nah, man, I hear people talking about them. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. that People saying their name. I can't, I can't be, I can't bring them to the table. They might outshine me. So, you know, this, it's the world we live in. It's like, it's almost like, you know, we see it on all of TV, social media. If, right. if you're not being talked about, then you're, you're not good enough. You know, they don't talk about a lot of people that makes the stuff happen. You know, LeBron, LeBron has a trainer. We don't talk about the trainer, but we sure do talk about LeBron. <laughs> you know, Diana Taurasi has a trainer. Brianna Stewart has a trainer. You know, you have a, I had a trainer. We don't talk about the trainer. We, we talk about the person doing the work, but there's always somebody behind the scenes that's putting you in that position, whether they're doing the work for you or, or helping you or putting it in front of you, whatever the case is, there is always somebody behind the scenes. No one at a level of success is doing it on their own. I don't care who you are. It don't matter what, what you're doing and whatever your 
whatever your lane is, business, entrepreneur, doctor, lawyer, whatever, there is somebody behind that person giving them that push. Yeah, that's great advice, Coach. Coach Young, I, I, I want you to finish off our conversation here with Coach James. And we can go on with you forever, but I know your time is sacred. I know that. But uh, Coach Young, what, what, I mean, this, this is perfect for you. What advice, do you, what, what, what question do you have for Coach James that can help you out? Well, what's funny is you definitely asked all the questions that I had on my list. <laughs> you literally asked every single one of them. But what I will say um, was when, when Coach Furtado told me that he was doing a podcast with you, and I may get a little emotional. <laughs> um, but however, when he told me he was doing a podcast with you, and I looked you up, and I was like, dang, this is an African-American woman in a head coach position. I was shocked. I was shocked because I know that there – aren't many of us out there, aren't many of you in that position out there. And then I also looked up the school and I saw where the athletic director was an, was an African-American woman. And I said, dang, this is possible. Mm -hmm. Like this is something that I can do. So just being on this podcast and listening, I apologize, I'm getting emotional, but it's, it's inspiring to me to be able to see this. <laughs> that's great coach that's great <laughs> that is and and, this, and again this is why i do it yeah. at the end of the day like i don't even know i don't know you from adam and to say <laughs> that you looked me up and all those things and and for us to even have interaction um right. this is this is this is empowering people not exactly. to be a girl just empowering people in general mm -hmm. you can do this like you you can you can do exactly <laughs> what i'm doing your, your journey may not look like mine, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you can do this. Your steps may not be my steps. I, you know, some people think that don't allow people to put restrictions on your, on your success. Don't allow people to put their time limit on your success. Right. However you get to it, whenever you get to it is when you get to it. I know people 65 that's just getting degrees in college. Don't let people put a restriction on, on when, you, when you get to your, to your moment. Yeah. It, it can happen. So at the end of the day, like, whether it's five days or five years, yeah. Take your steps, walk in your steps, be you, and, and don't apologize for it. You can do this. This can be you. I'm telling you. I, uh, I definitely appreciate it. I really, I, when I tell you this is one of the moments that I would cherish, <laughs> this is definitely one. So this is one of those times where I kind of just want to close my mouth and open my ears just to listen it and, and take everything in. But I, I know for a fact, and I'm telling you now, I will be in contact with you. <laughs> Thank you. And thank you so much for, for even sharing your, your story with me, sharing, sharing a little bit about you. Um, I'm, a, I'm an open book. You know, I'm not one of those booty coaches. If you email me, I respond. If mm -hmm. you, you know my cell phone, you call me, I respond. There's plenty of people that reach out on Twitter and different things. Mm -hmm. I respond. Like I said, I didn't invent the wheel. You know, my, my job is, is, is just to take what I've learned and, and just give it back. And if it helps somebody, it helps somebody, you know, and, and that's the goal. So, you know, I'm 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 happy that we got to do this. Thank you. And I'm, excited. I'm excited for your future. You know, Thank I'm excited. You, you know, for, to get the call to say, "Hey, remember we was on the podcast?" That's and, right. That's right. You know, I had a little moment. <laughs> and I, you know, I had to, and I and I said, you know what? You, you can do this. I, 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 wait, I'm, I can't wait for that moment. You call me the moment that you become a head coach. That's you right. call. Me. I, 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 want, I want. I want. I want to be a part of that moment with you. Thank you. I sure will. I sure will. Thank you. I appreciate it. Coach, I, got, I might get thrown out of a game just for her to be. I might get thrown out. Hey. I mean, you never know. 
I'm, I'm going to remember you. I promise you. I never, I never forget a face. I'm going to remember you. Thank you. That's cool. I That's appreciate cool. it. Absolutely. Hey, Coach, again, thank you. You're a true treasure to our profession. We really appreciate you taking out the time because I know you're busy this time of year. What's the best way our listeners can get a hold of you? Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm reachable. You can reach me at um, my email, special.jennings at montbird.org. Um, social media, you can follow our program, MVAGBB. That's at MVAGBB. That's on Instagram and Twitter. Um, for my, my Twitter, um, it is at Special Jennings. You know, I do, do some posting on there. It, it is my own. My thoughts are my own. Um, I'm unapologetically me. You know, I say, you know, I say, say, say it how it is. And um, so, yeah, you definitely can follow us on all that. You email me, I email you back. Um, but yeah, follow us, man. We, we, we're hoping to, to continue to build and, and grow and, and do some great things. We're, we're, we're really, really just getting started. Just Absolutely. Yeah, you are just getting started, man. You're building a great program there. So I appreciate you taking the time out. And I'm definitely going to keep in touch. When is your next? Is uh, it the Geico? When is, it, when is your next game? Geico isn't until April. So there's okay. a lot of things that go into that to, to us making it in that event, things like that. So we'll right. play in independent school nationals. And that's okay. uh, 19th through the 21st. And so that'll, that'll be real good. They have really good teams. Arizona Compass Prep, Central, uh, Central Point. Um, yeah. West, um, sorry, Winston Salem, Christian, out of the Carolinas, Empower, out of uh, out of Maryland, um, just a, a ton of really, really good teams. Great competition. Do you play any teams out of Georgia here? I know Westlake out here in Atlanta is pretty dang yeah, good. We, we, we um, did this year. Um, Want to play more? You know, next year we'll play more. We played Forest Park this year. Okay. Um, had a game with Forest Park. Um, we, you know, Sanai Figgins is is who she is. She's going to be a stud at South Carolina. Very, very good player. Um, had some really good guards there, but, you know, it was a down-to-the-wire game. We ended up pulling it out. I think we won by, like, nine. Right, um, right. It was, a, it was a great, great, great game, great competition. Yeah, there's some, there's some, great, there's some great schools out here in Georgia, man. There's some great, some great players as well. Coach, thanks again. I really appreciate it. I wish you the best. And, uh, you know, thanks again for sharing and making us better coaches. No problem, Kevin. Thank you so much, Toby. It was very nice to meet you. I love nice you. to meet you as well. Thank you. All right, great thank you. you appreciate it. Yes, sir. Take care. Take care, y'all. Thank you. Coaches, this is Coach Kevin Furtado. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out to listen to my podcast. I know there's a lot of great podcasts out there. Thank you for tuning in. I'd like to thank our sponsor, The Gun from Shootaway. Uh, they've been very loyal to my podcast. I'd like to share you about share with you about the new 12K gun just coming out. Matter of fact, I just sold a gun, 12K gun recently to Westminster Christian in Watkinsville, Georgia. Um, and this is a brand new machine. They, uh, recently, the, the everybody, a lot of people have the 10K or the 8K, uh, but the 12K is unbelievable. Let's talk about the features. First of all, the floor is yours. With over 200 programmable locations, you can touch any spot on the floor to shoot from or drag and drop a ball to change the location. Real-time analytics. Track twos, threes, and free throws within the same workout. Report statistics in real-time on the touchscreen and front scoreboard. Also has a touchscreen. Allows players to touch the spots where they want to receive the pass and start shooting in a matter of seconds. Makes in a row counter. Program shooting workouts demand so many makes in a row before the gun will move to another area. I really like that feature. 
made at a spot, require made shots at a spot before going to the next spot. What are some standards? On-demand workout, shoot away trainers, demonstrate shooting drills right on the screen and the gun will automatically program itself. Makes required mode to challenge the best shooters. This will require shots to be made at a specific location before moving to the next spot. This allows you to focus on a successful repetition versus just getting 500 shots in. Increase arch. Increase player's arch to 45 degrees and get a 44% increase in target size. Countdown bar lets the players know when the next ball is going to be fired. Fire up to 1,800 shots per hour. Collection net. Industry's only handmade netty that is strong and transparent. Adjust from 11 to 14 feet to force players to shoot with the right amount of arch from shooting spot. Easy setup and takedown. Set up in 25 seconds and take down in 15. One piece construction rolls through any standard doorway. Wireless remote. Start or stop the gun from firing anytime. Control time between passing, allowing you to change a drill. Manually fire balls with a push of a button, making it easier to teach correct shooting form. Coaches, this is just a few of the features of the 12K gun. And I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you are interested in purchasing a new 12K gun, contact me at 478-461-4403 or furtadok57 at gmail.com. I will get you a really a discounted price right now. The best time to get a 12K is right now. So contact me immediately and I will set you up and get that gun ordered for your program. Get your players shooting like crazy. All right. So coaches, thank you for listening to the podcast and stay tuned for the next one.